broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. All right, everybody, it is Nerd to No Basis, and this is Brain here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. And as always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, and we have a special guest this week. Say hi, guys. Hello, uh, Kieran Calico, not special guest, but thrilled to be here all the same. Hey guys, Daryl Connor, what's up? And I am the special guest. My name is Kevin Coffey. Woo! Welcome to the show, man. (laughs) Come on, guys. Hey, Kev, welcome to the party line. Yeah. Welcome to the party line. I feel welcome. (laughs) Oh, man. Full disclosure, I'm uh, playing Saint Row 4 at the moment, so if anything happens or if uh, you know if you hear some random noises, that's what it is. Oh, this this podcast already been demonetized. Saint Row 4. Oh, you 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 done you done dipped it. Oh, yeah. man. Saint Row. Oh, is it just because he's just because of the name Kev Coffee? Are you in some sort of watch list or something like? Or... <laughs> no, I'm talking about Saint Row. <laughs> no, Saint Row. Oh. Oh, no, be fair, Saint Row 4 is like less crazy than three, which was mad. Two, yeah, two. <laughs> Three are wild. Yeah, I, I have to say though, like I don't really like Grand Theft Auto um, that much. It's you know it's not really my thing. But I love Saints Row Four. I love Saints Row Three, and I love Saints Row Four. The series They're just it's because like while GTA, while still going for the wacky and wild stuff, <laughs> Saints Row went just hog out and just everything yeah. is on the table, particularly in like those last two. Like it just. Oh, yeah. Because even like, or even like by Saints Row 2, because Saints Row 1 was the real, just kind of like, yeah, copy. street level gang copy of GTA. Mm. But by the second one, when you're breaking out of jail and uh, just everything, just everything, everything's a lot more colorful. And you're, you're organizing the street gang in an old chapel with like neon lights. <laughs> it's just, it's wild. But it's much more fun, you know, like, I... oh, yeah. Saints Row, sorry, uh, GTA 4 was great to mod, but as a game, I'm like, Ugh, this is kind of boring. Um, yes. And GTA 5, I've never got past the first, like, half an hour. Because I'm like, I, this is really boring. Um, like, for me, Rockstar Games peaked with Bully. Uh, I think Bully's amazing. With the PS2 era. Yeah, well, you know, Red Dead Redemption's good, and obviously that, but for me personally, I am. Um... Oh, I'd forgotten about Bully. What a weird game. Yeah, right. I remember people getting very, I remember like parents especially getting very upset about it around the time it came out. That's yeah, well, the, the inflammatory headline of it was, what if Bully but in school? Yeah. Or what if GTA <laughs> but in school? Yeah. Yeah. And if you actually play the game, it's like, it's it's the exact opposite of what they said it was. Yeah. Oh, it's complete, just... oh, the actual premise of the game is completely anti-establishment. It's completely yeah. anti-establishment. Like it's... But also anti-bully as well. Yeah. Your big, your, your big protagonist, your big uh, antagonist is, you know, the main bully or whatever. But I, I played that game like, what, four or five years ago on the Xbox. And then I, I, over Christmas, I'm like, I can't believe I missed this game. 
This is crazy. <laughs> and I got it again. I, I like before. it is it is a testament to how fun that game is that I I'm a con- like I play console now. I play controller. Mm. But I bought it on Steam for like three quid a couple of years ago. And like no consoles no controllers been able to plug into the PC. So I just started playing keyboard and ma- like mouse and keyboard. Mm. Still managed to get through the whole game. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just you can do so much with it, you know, and I think that level of customization was kind of lost with the GTA games, so they never yeah. really had that kind of, like, appeal, except for modern, obviously, but uh, with Saints Row 4, man, like, what I, Saints Row 3 is fun, but Saints Row 4, they're kind of like, we have all these ideas, let's just do all the ideas, uh, like, like, for example, the moment, the like, moment when you log on and you can make your character be this opulent opalescent like green <laughs> but, he, <laughs> but here's the thing though right even before i i, I don't even mean a story i mean in gameplay right let's put it this way i'm rescuing johnny gat at the moment it starts yeah. off with a uh, retro style 8-bit homage to streets of rage and then you end up in a mech suit just killing everything yeah and that's in 20 minutes so that's how wild the game is. And also, you're a superhero. It actually has the best superhero mechanics of a non-superhero game. Um, for example, I was a big fan. Uh, I was a big fan until I wasn't of, um, <laughs> what's it, the DC Online game. And uh, if you act like the MMO that was released that just failed epically. If they just got the, the, the Saint, Saint Row people in to do that, they would have had a much better superhero premise. Because you can basically, you're basically... More like a- you felt Sorry, more like a superhero in Saints Row game. Yeah. Than you did in, like, it's like the way that in, um, what was that? Like, there was a game on PS2 as well, uh, Second Sight, where you felt, I felt more like a Jedi in that than I did in any Star Wars game I ever played. <laughs> Second Sight's actually a really good game. Second Sight's unreal. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Oh, you know, there's, there's some of them, like uh, the Attack on Titan game that was released on the PS4 there a few years ago. I was playing this, like, this is the best Spider-Man game I've played in years. <laughs> I remember you saying that, yeah. Is it up to date on all the series, like, or does it just cover series one? Oh, that was, like, this was about four or five years ago now this release. So that was only season one. Okay. Uh, like, they did release a new one, apparently they've been updating that with the whole new season, but but at the time, because this was obviously before the this PS4 Spider-Man came out, <laughs> it just, everything felt so flowy. <laughs> <laughs> you know when someone else is doing your game mechanics better than you questions need to be asked and that's just one thing that like if I, I went back and, and played DC online because it's on the PS4 I'm like why not and I was just like you know what I need Centro 4 because it's so much more satisfying than anything in this game you know Even uh, just that ability to uh, like just, just the movement of running up buildings and just like I'm, cro- I'm, I'm crossing the city in two seconds flat here like this oh is, yeah well the only thing about it is it's funny it's funny because it like makes all the vehicles completely obsolete oh yeah <laughs> like just with, with it, as soon as you get the wall running or um, flying ability you're like you know what I never need to be in a car again <laughs> but it has one of the best soundtracks as well that you can only really listen to while you're, you're in a car you're like how about I get in this uh, this, this beat up humdinger and and just listen to, I don't know, what, par- no, I want to say Paramore, but I know that was Saints Row 2. Well, you have Stan Bush in it. You know, you got the touch. Got yeah. the touch. Uh, they have like a really, really weird selection of music and then some, some good tunes. You're like, this makes no sense, uh, but I like all of this. So I don't, I will have to say, I was disappointed when I played uh, Aidens of Mayhem, which is not a good follow up. And hopefully, oh. Saints Row 4 will come out. Yeah. I entirely forgot about that game. 
Yeah, no, it's not good. Out <laughs> I, I, of my loyalty to the series, I have like 12 hours logged into it, but it's just not good. It just really isn't. Speaking of gaming, actually, uh, on a few episodes ago, uh, Dara, you mentioned you tried to play Fortnite. I asked yeah. my class of seven-year-olds how to play Fortnite, and they got a bit salty with you, if you don't mind me saying. Okay. Because like, I was like, oh, he got stuck on the menu. Like, how do you get through? And this little seven-year-old goes, just wait in the lobby. Yeah, I haven't got time for that, man. <laughs> I, 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 I do. Look, I, I got news. Look, when those kids have to do with people on phones about their, their websites going down, yeah, you can't just wait in the lobby. You know, stuff needs to be done or else you get fired, seven-year-old. Okay? Good job. Welcome <laughs> to the real world, kid. Exactly. No one waits. You get four phone calls from people and Slack messages. Sorry, child, you can't wait. The world doesn't work fair, that way. Like, seven-year-olds have, like, phones now. They probably are going through exactly the same emotional wreckage that you are at that end. Like, No, man, I just logged out and played another game. I was like, the hell with this. <laughs> Immediately remind, reminded of that Ron Swanson quote: "Child labor laws are ruining this country." <laughs> yeah, the older I get, the more Ron Swanson I become. This is just how it is. <laughs> oh, that 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 clip of him just spinning around the desk perpetually. <laughs> that you hit a point in the day where that's 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 your mood. That's, yeah, it's called the morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> f- f- feel free to to inform your your children how uh, my response to their saltiness. Oh, I've but I've told them I've told them the show around. They're all going to be listening to this. Okay, you, we're going to open up a dialogue here: Dara versus the seven-year-olds. Young children, get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Stop freeloading. And, You'll understand. And not radio or podcast. That's taken. <laughs> oh man here hold on here's the thing though right at what point did we cross where you know waiting in a in a lobby was an acceptable thing like yeah okay we moved past that when you know you were playing like quake or something you're like this great or unreal tournament you're like yeah you know what i'll wait with my dial-up i have no problem waiting for dial-up but you know then we got past it where you could have instant games and then we've gone back where it's just like yeah i'm just gonna wait in the lobby I think it's a different problem nowadays where before it was a matter of speed, now it's a matter of volume on server. I think yeah, like but, but no, so much Fortnite, there's a hundred players in the game, so you're gonna have to wait for a hundred players to log in. See, I don't yeah, I, so. I think it's even I think it's even more insidious than that. I think it's actually a case of you know molding the 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 uh, mashed potato brain into buying things where they're like oh we have a captive audience you need this shiny you need this shiny thing to go bug your parents or whatever and that's what i think it is because all i saw was just ads for things and i'm like listen bro i just want to play the yeah. game i don't want to buy anything else if i wanted to buy something i'd play a good game you know okay and it's just i've never like, seen ads in a lobby now so that seems a bit weird oh here are you for real dude all it is is like buy this skin <laughs> this skin's coming here buy these v books here's how to get v books you know I pretty much exclusively play like single player narrative games, so like this is, uh, okay. this is an issue I do not arise with. <laughs> yeah, but see, this is the thing. I I'm usually the same. I don't really like playing multiplayer games that much, but on Fortnite, literally, the lobby is just wall to wall ads and events. That does not remotely surprise me. Yeah, well, it, no, is a, it is a free game, isn't it? That's kind of a free to it, yeah, it's play a, it's, it's, type. It's a, 
it's a freemium model, but the thing about it is, if you have like the the standard default skins, apparently like you're looked down upon as some kind of ple- uh, plebeian trash. So that's yeah, that's like that's the model. some Jim Sterling talk there. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough, but it's wow, true. Like a mirror to the real world. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the exact thing the Sims with satiring. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, we we that's what I'm saying. We, we've crossed the Rubicon now from like what was satire into like reality. We are in a dystopian nightmare. And you said this last week, Bryn, and it's true. And nothing sums it up more than our than our video game media, where it's like, hey, kids, you know, let's. Isn't it like really disturbing, like how much, like, like especially like uh, satirical works from like the late '90s are all like now at a point where you go, oh, you know, that's just the way things are now. Like, yeah, like, well, like, 100%, yeah. like America has a, has basically has uh, Montana monks from uh, tiny tune adventures as a president. Like, but not, not, <laughs> e- not even that, right? Like, um, let's go a little bit beyond that. Demolition man is like, what, 15 years away yeah. from being reality. It's like, okay, you know, here's, here's where we're going, you know, and demolition man is one of my favorite films of all time, but Still it's also, it, it, yeah, it's just kind of scary that that's kind of a roadmap. Yeah, you know? at the time the the the, the space cruise ship in Wally seemed a bit ridiculous. As we go on, <laughs> it's kind of becoming a bit more like feasible. It's becoming disturbingly yeah. more plausible as time continues. Like, look, sci-fi is a win is a window into the future. We were looking in the wrong way. We were like, oh yeah, Terminator, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that will happen. It's like no, it's small little movies that were. You know, making jokes out of this that we should have been watching, not the killer death robots. They'll probably happen anyway, but you know, <laughs> in a different way. Yeah, it wasn't the heavy metal apocalypse that that we had to worry about. It was more like the more benign stuff that was in Back to the Future Part Two. Fair. Um, that's well, actually, well, speaking of which, I've um, I I got like super into Plague Inc. recently, um, yeah. and also I watched Contagion again, and I'm like. Yeah, man. Probably should have. Probably should have been looking into that a little bit more. <laughs> when I mapped exactly what was happening right now, literally to the letter, like it's like that's pretty scary. And Matt Captain Damon, hindsight here, like yeah, well, the whole movie is literally exactly what's happened, and it's just like holy crap, they really nailed this to the letter. Or play play gink, which I'm not suggesting you use to map out real world you know, killer plagues. But if you do it, it's actually kind of like, yeah, they're pretty on the nose. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is. We should have listened. <laughs> we should have listened. Too late to rename the show. We should <laughs> You know, it's getting so bad that we have a segment every week where it's just like, we should have listened. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, so Nerd to Know Media here, coming live from this nuclear basement. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from a survival bunker. Yeah. Um, Gee, the rat tastes terrible, but the fashion is great. You know what? We can get sponsorship from that from those preppers. It'd be awesome. <laughs> we'd be we'd be living in tin beans for the rest of our life with sponsorship there and audible, audible and, in tin beans. Because of one thing's gonna survive the apocalypse. It's Amazon. <laughs> oh yeah, like what's it? Audible tin beans and Twinkies. Good to go. Sorted. <laughs> Oh my god. Please uh, remember to remain indoors, ladies and gentlemen. I was about to say, we're going to do the David Mitchell thing. Is that where we're going, Mitchell and Weblock? <laughs> the remain indoors, yeah. Yeah, yes. 
do not what talk is this? about the event. Something from before the incident, we assume. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> we're laughing now. Ceremonial robes. <laughs> We're laughing because otherwise we're just going to start weeping. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Well, you know, yeah. I, I tell you, like, it, it's weird. Like, there's that meme that in you know the 20s of every decade, there's like a killer plague. And I was just like, wow, that's kind of scary. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, shows up right on time, you know? Yeah. But sure, we'll be grand, right? Yeah, grand. <laughs> yeah. Speaking okay. of which, Kev, I believe you saw the film Parasite this week. <laughs> now that, ladies and gentlemen, that is what we call a transition in the business. Uh, you know, kudos, <laughs> applause for Kian. All right. Uh, yes, I have been managing to keep up to date with the popular zeitgeist, and I got to see Parasite. How was uh, it? Brilliant. Honestly, like I now, I, I I didn't go see it getting wrapped up in the Oscar hype. Now I've actually I've been excited for this for months. Uh, love, love Bong Joon Ho as a director. Snowpiercer is absolutely incredible. Yeah, I really haven't watched it before. And uh, I actually have a soft spot for Okja. Uh, like it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like you know groundbreaking or anything, but it was still really, really enjoyable. Like I'll take Tilda Swinton in any form. Honestly, she's just brilliant. Um, but yeah, no, Parasite was. I I think it actually lives up to the hype. Um. I see, because I went in knowing little to nothing about it. I thought it was going to be a thriller. Uh, but it's really this kind of weird mix of a drama, a dark comedy, and a bit of thriller elements in there. Hmm. Uh, it's strange in only a way, in, in, in only a way he can kind of, Bong Joon-ho can make it. Well, see, anything with Tilda Swinton immediately is going to have that option of, of either just been really weird or just off the wall. No, Same. she's not. No, she's not in this one. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair. And that's another thing that that was another thing a lot of people were confused about is that like it's it's a fully Korean cast with a fully Korean like uh, voice cast. So it's it's a oh. completely it's a completely subtitled movie. Yeah. Oh, oh you know cool. it's it's it is. How, do you do you know the premise at all? No, I, I literally I as I said the only thing about the Oscars I know is the Keanu Reeves meme. When, which we're going to get into later. Yeah. So like, okay. Well, the whole the whole premise of the movie is it's this really like low lower class uh, Korean family like living in a basement of a squalor of a squalor. Uh, man, well, their son managed to blag their way into being a an English teacher for this really rich Korean family. Um, and just the whole movie is just them trying to infiltrate this Korean household just so that they can survive because <laughs> uh, they, they they live in just such poverty right. and as i'm saying it like I, i'm it's what i'm not going to say much more because like just the stuff that happens just gets so wild you have to actually experience it right um, well my first question is um it's fully subbed but they're acting as English teachers, so obviously they're not very good English teachers. It's fully subbed. There's there's a couple like there's there's a couple of moments where they kind of speak half English, because <laughs> they're just like this negates the. This, you're not yeah. doing your oh, job. No, no, <laughs> let, let me tell you, man. The English teacher thing is a is a subplot that gets dropped very quickly. Oh, Other okay. things start happening. Well, wow. immediately. Okay. <laughs> and you know what it sounds like to me? All joking aside, it sounds kind of like um, Green Room. And it sounds kind of I like I never uh, saw. I never. I keep. I kept meaning to because it sounded rad. It just never got around to seeing it. The whole trilogy kind of has that same kind of thing where it starts off with a very uh, loose premise, and then it's 
pretty much it's called the the bad uh, blue blue rune is the other one and there's another one I can't remember the, I can't remember the third one for the life of me but yeah it's called like the bad decision trilogy where <laughs> wait is, is this the, the one with Patrick Stewart and the punk club correct that's that's one, yeah. that's the one I did the not realize yeah. that was part of a trilogy yeah well it's it's a trilogy in as in as far as its teams rather than mm. characters like so, like the cornetto trilogy sort of yeah exactly yeah. yeah so basically the 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 premise behind that trilogy is we'll, we'll start with green room green room as punk band to go play in a neo-nazi club and they play anti-nazi songs bad idea um and <laughs> stuff, stuff hits the fan right so that's and then instead of just leaving they they keep antagonizing and it gets worse and eventually you know you know what hits the fan right and then in blue rune uh it's a it's a murderer event story with somebody who isn't a murderer or good at vengeance so stuff goes bad <laughs> instead of just leaving it you know and that's kind of like the, the the premise of that trilogy but yeah that's what it sounds like where it's like a loose kind of plot that gets stuff going and then it just yeah it's influenced yeah. more so by the story rather than by a plot like yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that. It's again, as I said, it's one of these ones where it's kind of I I can't really put it, I can't pin it down to one genre encompassing the whole movie because it just dips its toes in thriller, and there right. are some parts of it that are just hilarious. Just I'm not going to give the context for this, but there's one section where a character starts mimicking a North Korean broadcaster, just absolutely on me face laughing like. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, like since the, you can't, well, but Kev, since you can't give away the plot, would you mind telling the guys the anecdote you told me about the fish from one of his other films? Uh, I think you told me that after closing the other oh day. It was like, yeah, and the Weinstein okay. and everything. Okay, okay. So, have have either of you seen Snowpiercer? You haven't, Keaton, correct? No, I haven't. No. Have they, uh, Bryn, Dara, have you seen Snowpiercer? Yeah, I have. I've you have. Recall. So, yeah. And I know he has too. All right, so do you remember the the, seat, the section on the train before the big fight team with the fish? Um, oh, this is where like there was the aquarium. No, 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 no. There was like they walk into a room, all the all the people coming from the back to the front walk into a room, bunch of riot police, and then there's like a one minute scene where they just start slapping each other with a fish. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, completely just. <laughs> One scene out of context has means nothing, <laughs> right? This is weird scene before a big battle. Uh, I remember reading something that basically that movie was produced by the Weinstein Company. Oh, really? uh, oh yeah, like he had his toes and everything back then. Let's be real. Yeah. But Har- like, so you know, films getting cut and shot, and Harvey himself comes down to Bong Joon Ho and was like, "What, the- guys? What the hell is this fish thing? I don't want this fish thing in my movie. This thing's weird. I don't like it. Get it out of my movie." <laughs> uh, but so Bong Joon Ho goes up to Weinstein and says to him, "He's like, I don't, the Harvey. Listen, I I understand, but like, it's something. It's it's actually got a really deep Korean meaning to me. It it's actually like a rich an old Korean ritual for luck. And, you know, I, I put it in because to honor like my, my grandparents, it really, it actually means a lot to me. And Harvey turns around and says, oh, I'm so sorry, man. You know, respect, salute to you. Like, okay, I, I, I respect you and your decisions. You can keep the fish thing in the movie. After the film release, people were asking about it and Bong Joon-ho was like, no, it didn't mean anything. I just wanted the fish thing in my movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. That's so good. Oh, he's, he's an absolute gem. Like, yeah. I, again, don't know if you've seen the, the, the pictures rolling around of him at the Oscars, but like, there's a great picture of him making two of his Academy Awards kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. 
<laughs> it's like, it's oh, he's him. a treat, and I cannot wait to see what he does next. <laughs> like um, it's like the in uh, South Park where um, you know there was the there was an episode they did where like it turns out Earth is a ra- reality TV show, and then it gets can- and like uh, the boys go up to this this spaceship and they're talking with the studio execs who are behind it, and then it turns out the show is going to get cancelled. And they go off and have to talk to these two perverted, like, uh, major network executives. Oh, yeah, the and weird the two, guys just doing yeah. so much. Co- yeah. They're, they're based off of the Einstein brothers. Oh, really? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that explains yeah. so much. Yeah, no. Because, yeah, like, like, I mean, the um, if you ever get a chance listening to uh, Matt and Trey talk about... Um, uh, talk about their experience of filmmaking because like they made film they made the uh, full productions as independents before they did start uh, before they did uh, the South Park movie or before they did uh, like even I think it was like I think they did uh, basic basketball and orgasmo as fully independent films before they even did the South Park film so oh, yeah. like their experience doing them was so entirely different from their experience uh, in terms of like, in terms of just like getting like uh, rated, like um, for Orgasmo, they like, they were getting an NC 17, which is basically like, I mean, it's like the, the rating above 18s here, you know, like it basically would mean like, you're just not going to make money off the film. If it's got that rating, you're just like, cause there's just no way then like, there's no way to even get kids to even like a habit where like parents can bring a child to the film. So there's just no chance it's going to make money. No, like um, nobody, nobody wants to advertise an 18 yeah. movie either. Yeah, mm. basically. So like, um, and they were going to like, an 18th oh. movie named orgasmo. Yeah, exactly. But they're, they're going, well, okay, well, is there anything we can do to like get down to a, to an R rating? And they said, well, no, we can't, we can't tell you anything like that. We're not like a censorship company or whatever. Like it's like, you're just going to have to like, you know, um, go off and do another cut and then you know send it off to us. It's like, oh yeah, send it off to you where we have to spend money on you rating it. And he's like, yeah, exactly. You have to pay us to rate it for you because you're an independent. So like they go through that whole uh, ringer a bunch of times and they're going, well, this is what everyone has to do, so fine. And then they then when they were working on, st- on the South Park film, they found out that like Paramount was going to like lobby on their behalf to get stuff rejected. Like, what the hell is this? This is bullcrap. Which is why, uh, which is why those two films turned out so much more di- so uh, differently for all like uh, from what they initially planned because they just deliberately tried to make things as terrible as they could. Like Winona Ryder's ping pong ball trick is so much worse than they in- than they had initially intended because they, uh, they realized they could actually screw around with the sensors. <laughs> no, like, they weren't playing. Pardon me, pardon my, pardon my fun now. They weren't playing softball with it. No, no, nah. no. Like you know, the in Team America, there's the insane sex scene. Oh yeah. So like, have you ever seen the stuff that they cut out? No. <laughs> so like, they went so much worse <laughs> than what you see in the film. Like before the, the watershed. Before the watershed. Yeah, I can't. I'm not going to describe anything, but it's just, it's just so. Much worse. This is this is you know viewer participation. Google yourself. <laughs> like yeah. uh, if you've ever if you've ever heard an aristocrat's joke, you've got an idea of where this is going. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like because of that though, it just meant that they changed the. Um, because of that, it just it, like uh, they like because of that, they were just going well. Like you have to give us some of it. You know, like you can't like it's like they just kind of went so far off the off the radar that it's like okay, well, 
you go like, well, you have to give us something. You can't just say no to all of it. <laughs> like, so that's like how it was like, even what was there is like tamed by the standards of what they actually filmed. <laughs> you know, I'm just, right. I'm just thinking of the poor puppeteers. Those, they were the poor puppeteers. <laughs> like you know, they knew what they were getting into. Yeah, <laughs> they will also never make a film like that ever again, even if you love it. So, um, but yeah, like, um, but it's one of those things though. Like, I find it so interesting seeing like how people get around. Like, if it is someone like a Weinstein going, "Oh, you can't," it's like I don't want you doing this. This is this looks terrible. Seeing how people get around it, it takes some level of ingenuity. Either, either by just going for cultural norms or by just going, oh, well, you don't like fish in it. Here's 20,000 fish. Screw you. Like, <laughs> it's time to set the bar so low they can only go, well, you can have only to go higher. One fish, Harvey. Like, <laughs> and that's how Harvey Weinstein ended up in an office full of fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's funny because actually I was thinking about all of that during the newest Tarantino thing. In that there's a, I think I mentioned on the show before, there's like a one minute sequence where it's just Brad Pitt feeding his dog. And it's the best yeah. scene in the movie. And if Tarantino didn't have so much pull in Hollywood, there's no way something like that would have made it in. No, not one, not one. Not a hope. Even though that, even though I would say that like that, that little bit is so. Like, like, even though you could, we'd say, oh, it's really, it's really pointless. It's also really integral to what happens at the end of the film because yes. it does illustrate how well trained that dog is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I suppose you're right. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, like it's, I mean, it's, it's like I know what you're saying though. Like it is one of those things where you go, like it would, like they go, like no, Quentin, you can't, you can't do that. You, like, the, <laughs> It's like, I know that you, like, for the purposes of the story, he needs to show these a well-trained dog, but there's, like, a million ways you can do that that take, <laughs> like, that take a tenth of the time that the scene takes up. Like, <laughs> it's that or, Tar- or Tarantino sat one of the producers down and was like, here's my five-page essay on why I need this dog feeding scene. He's like, no, you know what? You keep that essay, you keep that scene with the dog. <laughs> I, just, I just love the idea that, like, it's in there because he's like, look, my wife is trying this thing where she's a dog trainer. I want to make her happy right now. <laughs> it has a very deep significance for my people. It's just, <laughs> they're all dog feeders. <laughs> I don't know. All I was thinking was that one minute scene was more tense than anything that happened in Marriage Story. <laughs> oh, I still have not seen that film. I do, it's I excellent. Like, yeah, I, I do like the fact that in Marriage Story it is just people talking. Like, in the fact there's two of the biggest action stars at the moment and two of the biggest action franchises, and it's just them moving around the house talking. It's lovely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like a chess game. It's like they're both kind of just being maneuvered into hating each other by yeah. the circumstances. It's a really fascinating watch. Like, uh, 100% would recommend. Yeah, and they could both sing, which I was very surprised by. Well, I don't know. I just like Adam Driver. I think he's cool. <laughs> I'm also just noticing that we are very slowly just rattling our way through the list of best Oscar winners. We <laughs> are indeed, Kev. Uh, so, uh, did you no, guys get to check out the Oscars? Uh, I work in mysterious ways, Kev. Uh, have you seen the Oscar results, by the way? Are you are you like waiting to watch it on TV, or can we spoil it? I don't watch the Oscars. Uh, okay. Yeah, no. Like I again, I followed headline. In fact, I'm actually just looking up the results now, just so I know what the hell it sounds like. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, like I'm actually because I'm looking through just the uh, at least the best picture nominations. 
Hmm. And I've actually, looking at it, I've seen more than I thought I, I thought I would have with them. Mm. Yeah, I think I've seen uh, all of them except the Irishman, Ford B, Ferrari, Parasite, and uh, Jojo Rabbit. And I will get to them. I do want to, like... Jojo Rabbit? Yeah, it's amazing. I've, yeah, have you seen it? I, I got to see it a couple... I got to see it a couple of weeks ago. It is... Like, you can't fault Taika Waititi now. I think he... Uh, he you can Oh, uh, Dara doesn't like Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, like I will have to say, every uh, everything that isn't revolving like destroying Norse culture is fine, and destroying um, the the work of Jack Kirby is fine. Um, but once Dara does, Ragnarok destroys Norse culture, it's hold on. Yeah, the event does. The event does. Norse culture. Well, the, the only reason the only reason why I'm saying it is because tell you why he threw a fit that he had to direct Mo- Moana. Because he is, uh, you know, what you know, the it, it's culturally insensitive for anyone else to do it, and he goes and does what he did to Ragnarok. So other than that, um, and but to be fair, what he did to Jack Kirby's work is far more offensive. But um, yeah, when he, when he when he doesn't do that, it's Grant. I don't know. See, I, I've 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 managed to level a separation between actual Norse mythology. And Marvel Thor. For to sure. Me, they are two entirely separate <laughs> For things. For sure. But like what, about Jack, <laughs> what about Jack Kirby's work, though? See, he, again, I'm with saying that I never read Thor, the Thor comics. So. Okay, well, with all due respect, you know, you have to read the comics to understand what he did. Uh, I read I, Thor comics. Know, There's a few duds there. There are, you know but, but, but not with Jack Kirby's work at all. Jack Kirby's work is... Okay, that's fair, that's fair. Like, you know what? For, just I'm I'm going in. There's Korg. He's hilarious. The whole sequence, <laughs> the whole joke with Thor saying talking about Loki turning to a snake and biting him. That still gets me every time I hear it. There, I, I, but here's what I'd say: it, if the same Madden hadn't thrown a fit about Moana, I'd have no problem. But he did. He threw a little bitch fit about how this is his culture and we need to respect it. And then he goes off and does what he did. It's like for me, that's being a hypocrite. Like that's the way I'm looking. At, that's why I'm saying, okay, man. You know, if you had to just let bygones be bygones and just let people do whatever they want to do, that's cool. But if you're gonna be a bitch about it, I uh, don't know. I think good. Lindsay Ellis has a pretty good essay on the deification of other people's cultures. Like I think, but he went and did it. Then that's my point. If he hadn't have done it, it would have been fine. I no, think what I think I'm, what I'm what I'm gonna take away from it is that. It's easier to be offended. It, it's, it's a lot easier to be offended than it is to actually do. Like, well, no. What I was getting yeah. at was that it's a lot. It's easier to get emotional about a about a a culture that has been repressed. When you look at someone like you know Scandinavia, they haven't really had a repression as much as like the Polynesians had. Okay, fair. I'll take that point. But what so, I mean, what what I mean no, is, no, but like, like I'm, I'm, yeah. So, but like that, I think like that's a kind of like a layer that comes with the hypocrisy, like you, as you call it, the hypocrisy of it, of like when when cultures are tied like that, people quashing other people's cultures when they have been repressed is sensitive. When something like the Norse mythology, which has you know has always been a vibrant culture that nobody's ever kind of try, tried to kind of quash. Well, except for the Christianization of it, and then... Oh, who listened to the Christians, anyway? The Norse did. That's, that's what the whole black metal movement is about. That's why it started. Um, literally, it's yeah. all, all the churches that were built in Scandinavia were built over pagan sites. So, yeah, they were repressed. 
quite yeah. violently. Um, see, history degree, guys, it's important for these things. But that's, well, that's my point, you know. Like, well, uh, whichever way you land on the discussion, he gave a very funny Oscar speech for winning the best adapted screenplay. I think he talked about Apple software, like how about keyboards are getting worse and all that kind of stuff. I've I have a soft spot for whenever like award winners go really quaint and talk about people mm. who fix their fridge and all that kind of stuff. He also hates Apple. That that's why. <laughs> like, ah. he's, no, he's known as like in his studio, he hates Apple computers. So that was like a dig at that. Yeah, but like you've got the eyes of the world on you for like thirty seconds, and that's how you choose to use it. I'm impressed. Well, what else was he going to do? He could have went off and did a speech to Brad Pitt, and everybody hates him. Say so, say thank you. This is the best day of my life. Cry, you know oh, the things oh, everything else does. <laughs> I don't know. I just I think like there's been like this weird thing with celebrity where people kind of expect something different. You know what I mean? Okay. So, and if you had went out and just said thank you, people would have been like, "Oh, that's not like to, to wait." Like this is the same guy that picks fights with people on Twitter, you know, who criticize him. So it's like, okay, you know. I'm fair. starting to get the impression you and Taika have a much deeper history than you've been letting on. No, no, no. I never engage with him at all on Twitter. I don't, the only the only people I engage with on Twitter are Hulk Hogan and random wrestling tweets. I don't engage with him at all but Hulk Hogan's still alive yeah and he blocked me on Twitter <laughs> which is which is my which is my favourite thing ever <laughs> getting blocked by million getting, getting blocked what by what did you do uh he uh someone got him to like retweet something about Hitler and we all just made fun of him for ages for being so stupid so yeah then he blocked him you need to like you need to double down on this though Darry. you need to go after him and uh try to get blocked by Ric Flair uh, Ooh, like oh, have a well, list. Yeah, try to go for the full for like uh, <laughs> the pretty much every big star from the eighties who's still alive. So like uh, the remaining I, four horsemen. Uh, see, I, I did get blocked by Fuzzy, not Chris Jericho. Yeah. Fuzzy the band because I was hired to do a review of their album. I was gonna say Fuzzy the Bear. That would have been impressive. No, Fuzzy the band who I'm actually a fan of, and I just gave the album a bad review because. The best song on it was an ABBA cover, and no disrespect to ABBA because ABBA are great, but like when the best thing on your yeah, album, they're singing your song, you know. I was just sitting there going, "All right," and then I noticed when I was doing a review of their live gig, like a couple of days later, I was blocked, and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." Oh dear, I guess they're getting a bad review now, and they were pretty bad. So, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just reeling with the fact that Fozzie did an ABBA cover. I'm gonna do some research here, dude. Yeah, they, it's SOS is quite good. It's the only okay. good thing on the album, to be fair. Okay, we're queuing, I'm queuing that up for after this because that sounds great. It is. It's not the best album cover of all time, but it's not a bad album cover. So, Right, steering things back to the Oscars for half a second. Uh, <laughs> I actually, just in case anyone doesn't if, know. Yeah? Yeah, Kev? No, no, you, you actually you go ahead. I'll, I'll come back. All right, all right Kev. I'm, I'm in... Very, very tense now. But uh, yeah, Parasite got basically cleaned up. It got Best Picture and uh, Best Director, loads of things. Joaquin Phoenix got Best Actor for The Joker, Brad Pitt for The Tarantino, hmm. uh, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Zellweger for the Judy Garland thing. And yeah, it was a pretty even spread as far as all the Best Pictures. Like 1917 got like Best uh, Technical Stuff. Um, I think... Rather, which something is people are very annoyed by. Little Women got Best Costume. Um, what what was the one that 1917? Yeah, uh, 1917 Best Cinematography, Joker Best Music. So 
I think apart from the Irishman, Ford vs. Ferrari got best editing actually. From the Irishman, I think everything that was nominated for best picture got a fair spread as far as things. Like, is there any like? Do you guys have any like thoughts on that? Like, I know you, I, I know Kev, you've seen most of them. So, do you think is there anything like deserve to win more or nothing jumps again? I to be honest, I don't take a whole huge amount of stock in it. No, uh, so nothing, but nothing's jumping out at me. Like, this was totally undeserved. Uh, mm. Now except for best animated feature but that's a whole systemic issue i have with the best animated feature <laughs> section well, like well, yeah that's a whole issue in and of itself <laughs> what one just all just the, the uh, just toy the story Four one. Oh, that's just, disappointing yeah just, mm. yeah no because obviously pixar released a movie yeah there you go and yeah. um, yeah. like oh god no it was when point it was when somebody pointed it out to me the year that uh your name came out came in and ah um <laughs> That got snubbed, even though it broke so many box office records, and yet Boss Baby was nominated. Oh, oh God! That yes, yeah, so that, that movie is that, pretty bad. Uh, I'm supposed to like you know people will like. There's been transcripts of the Academy voters, uh, vote like they they'll have like a little blurb of their vote. Most mm. of them just don't watch the animated features, or they're just the ones they brought their kids to see. Well, you know what? That doesn't shock me at all. To be fair, no, like, you know, it's, uh, but it's, they put it's, no stock into it at all. That it's like, why are you even a category anymore? <laughs> yeah, well, look, what I will say is, you know, it's the same kind of thing as super. Like, I know Joker. Well, Joker isn't really a superhero movie. It's like, the thing no. about it, like, um, what was the last Marvel Endgame? Endgame came out right, and you know that broke so many records oh it's yeah no mm. the best-selling movie of all time now. right yeah and, yeah, yeah and the oscar's like no that trash is below me like yeah, yeah. No, they're, now, they're <laughs> softening up to it like a little by a little because like i think stuff like black panther and i think i think infinity war would like they were kind of like nominated for like you know costume design and editing and mm. effects and that so that, yeah like, but, no well, they, they absolutely mean nothing but like yeah but like it's, it's softening yeah, what? What? Look, the detente took less time to take than the Oscars are taking. Yeah. Um, now, like, it's it's that it's that ridiculous, you yeah. know. And I'm just like, uh, okay, the movies that won, in my opinion, deserve to win, but the fact that they can just have just completely ignore the most successful movie of all time. It's just kind of crazy. It's like, yeah, because like once upon a time, Star Wars was nominated for the best picture. Like, and right. so was, I think Jaws won it. Like, yeah, the blockbusters used to be worthy contenders. You know, yeah, well, yeah, but the, you know, I can, I can. The thing is, there's genre films now, so it's mm. not. That's it. Like, I think everybody, nobody expects them to be in the Oscar because everybody knows what an Oscar movie is nowadays. See, mm. and, and and that's why I would say that a lot of people don't have any interest in the Oscars because it's. Yeah. You know, they're very critical, darling movies now. Yeah, in the, no, no. in the 70s, there was a like Sissy Spacek was up for best actress for her mm. performance with Carrie. Yeah, when's the last time you saw any horror? horror. That's a good point. Well, to be fair, like that. Bryn, what I will say is, when's the last time? Well, actually, no, I'm gonna answer my own question there. Uh, with horror has been very hit and miss for a long time, but movies but like um, historically is hit and miss, yeah, but, but I, I would say for what the past 12 years with the exception of hereditary and midsummer they're the mm. first real movies where you can be like you know what they actually kind of deserve more recognition than just being horror movies they just well, being get out as well cold horror movies yeah, yeah. yeah. Get get out, midsummer did. midsummer 
cut deep. That's that's a movie that stuck with me. Yeah, right. Like Hereditary. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I was in the cinema by myself, and I when the movie ended, I kind of promptly ran out of the cinema because <laughs> I was so freaked out. But Midsummer stuck with me for a couple of days because it's it's not like on the ground horrific. It's like, a real weird, like it's very yeah. psycho and like psycho, and the fact that it's all in daytime—that's oh, yeah. the kicker. Yeah, 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 and it's just like it's just one of those movies where you're like, man, you know, lines were crossed here. I had an experience. Yeah, and it, you know, anyone who hasn't seen it, like, I would thoroughly recommend both those movies. Maybe not together. Give yourself some space. <laughs> I, I haven't. <laughs> actually, like, I still, I still haven't seen Hereditary. I, I mean to. Oh, Kevin, do yourself a favor, man. You'll really like it. Like you're really, oh, it's, it's a matter really of just finding it. the time to at this point. Yeah, no, yeah, no you really like, again, it. Having watched Midsummer, yeah, I, I want to watch Hereditary. Well, apparently they're like, uh, and well, you can when you see it, they're like spiritual successors to each other. Like uh, Hereditary is mm. a sequel to it, but it's um, Hereditary is much more kind of like much more of a stray horror movie. You know, yeah. where you're like, this is you know your cut and dry horror movie, but it's done so well that you're like, this is fantastic, and the performances, the costuming, even the setting of it, they shoot it all in like a in a kind of like a movable set, you know, where it adds to that kind of unreality while right. Midsummer is much more psychological. So yeah, look, but what I mean is in the, in, in the past 10, 20, even 20 years, they're the only horror movies that I can point to and go, they kind of there. And some people like get out, get out did absolutely nothing for me, but I understand. Oh, I love get out. I actually, to, to tie everything together, I went to see Get Out and almost saw Boss Baby by mistake. Oh, because uh, we were in the oh, we were in that cinema on O'Connell Street, and uh, me and my friend we were like directed by the usher into uh, like the screening of Get Out, and like right. we were there, and it's like twelve in the afternoon, and all these like mothers with young babies kept turning up, <laughs> and neither of us kind of had thought to go. They know this is like a horror movie, and then the mothers kept trying. It's like we should say something. We should say something. We never thought it was us. Oh, right. it was just like so. We kind of like there was, and we kind of waited, and like, no, 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 we won't say anything. We'll let them find out. Well, that's and then, I... and then, <laughs> oh, well, and then the baby arrives, and kind of the pen, there's the other shoe dropped. You know, was this? Uh, oh, this was the. Sorry, this wasn't Cine World. This was um, the. The Savoy, yes, yes, ah, really good yeah. cinema. Like, yeah, yeah, it's good cinema. No, I that similar way is how I saw the latest parts Caribbean movie. Yeah. Stop by mistake. <laughs> because uh, I thought I was going to see Alien, and it wasn't Alien. And oh, I was like, that's that's a sad time. <laughs> no, no, there was a better. No, there was a better one. <laughs> there was a better one. Um, went to go see. Can you forgive me? And I was supposed to see something else. I don't remember what it was, but I'm like, what are you doing to me, Cine World? Like, <laughs> just, you just pay more attention to the screens. <laughs> read the signs guys that's crazy well to be fair neither one of those times were my fault they were <laughs> the people I were with so uh, but yeah when you, it's just that experience where you're like this isn't my movie what's going on and you're like oh yeah I'm in the wrong s- screen it's like ah oh, whatever it's all the same I don't know another time at the Savoy I got steered into I think actually the second time we tried to see Get It Out we got steered into a film directed by Zach Braff with Michael Caine and there's a bunch of like elderly bank robbers and I was like yeah, actually, like, this is kind of fun. Yeah, I didn't I pay for it, I, but I'm going to stick with it. I don't think anyone in that cinema wants you to see Get Out. That's that's what I'm getting. I'm <laughs> <making> <laughs> <out of this. laughs> Maybe. I did have to go to Cineworld to finally see it. 
Fair. Uh, <laughs> if I may start tying tying threads back around here. Speaking of Cineworld yeah. and moving back to the Oscars, I had an experience. Oh. So I went to see 1917. Ooh. But I went. I decided to go to see 1917 in 4DX. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I bet you got your ass kicked. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Cause, yeah, because before you go, I saw Jurassic World in that. I have never been so beaten up in a movie in my life. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, sorry, please continue. <laughs> no, what I was actually going to say is, because this is my first time having done it. Right. I actually didn't find it as distracting as I thought it would be. Oh, wow, okay. That's now, again, that might have just been, it, they did it so well for 1917, whereas Jurassic World, they might they might have they might have laughed, dropped the ball a bit. Yeah, and, just a bit. <laughs> just a but bit. But like, there was, you yeah, know, there was like, you know, times where like, you know, it shunted and they get you know, the pad in the back of the chest. See, the thing, a lot of nineteen seven, like where it has like, it's, 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 it's spots of really intense action and really tense situations. Mm. A lot of it is just walking from one place to the next. Oh, fair. Uh, well, so yeah. like, it is kind of short bursts of two or three minutes where Jurassic World would be a lot more like, bam, 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 bam. Um. So, but like the parts that did kick, I, I felt were really, really effective. <laughs> the biggest complaint I have is, so there's fan, there was fans all across like the top of the ceiling for like, you know, big wind effects. And particularly in a movie that's like outdoors in the middle of World War One, lots of blowing gusts of wind. Uh, I have never been colder in a cinema screening in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah no. I had to re- I had to reach in and put my coat back on. But the jarring thing was, and I like you know when you're outside, just like your mind is feeling this cold breeze, and like okay, I'm outside. So you're kind of like you're used to that feeling. And so when he walks out of a building, and there is just a building up in flames in front of him, my mind is like ah, hot air. No, I'm still cold. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, 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 my experience with that was I went to a screening in shorts because it was summer. And oh. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you have never been cold until you've been 4D cold. Oh, oh I can top both your experiences. We, uh, me and Stevie and a few friends went to see, uh, what was the second Fantastic Beasts called? Um, the, From the, the Grindelwald? That's it, the one with Johnny Depp. We went to a midnight screening. We didn't know it was going to be 4D. So we oh, get no. in. And then it says 4D, and it specifically says if you're pregnant, you can't. So we and it was the only screening in the building. So like, what we had to do was to compromise. We sat on the ground in front of the chairs because Stevie was pregnant, and we didn't want to like get sick or anything like that. Hmm. So we spent the entirety of a two and a half hour, not very good Harry Potter film, watching it on the ground. Look, looking over someone's head with two chairs sporadically kicking us in the back. Because now and again they just go poof forward, like but, you know. But Kian, but Kian, were you were you prepared to smell the crimes of Grindelwald? Oh God, I don't even <laughs> want to look at it. <laughs> you know what? I I found it okay. Yeah, I didn't hate that movie. But you dis you dis Harry Potter every week on this show. What's happening here? Yeah, who wasn't in that movie? Who Harry? Yeah, do there you, you go. That's you the have problem. Daniel Radcliffe hate? No, not, not Daniel Radcliffe as such. Just Harry Potter. They should have killed him off in the first movie, and then it would have been fine. Or the first then, it would have, then all the books would be called And the Something. Well, yeah, just like, uh, you know. Just like Dumbledore's Magic Adventures. There you go. Or, or what, what's that fella? The, the ugly lad that then became, like, not the ugly lad. You leave Rupert Grint alone. No, no, no he's... 
there you go, Neville, that's the one. Um, yeah, like, it should have been Neville and the Chamber of Secrets. Or Neville goes to sparring, gets a role. Or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't know what he's working on there, but I'm sure you could pitch that to him fairly easily. <laughs> what, going to spar? Yeah, Neville goes to spar and gets a role. <laughs> yeah, like, I'd watch that, and I'd be like, yeah, man, cool. With compelling, with compelling dialogue, such as... Cut in half, butter and mayo. <laughs> to be fair, it's much better than most of the dialogue in those movies anyway. So. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> sorry, people like Harry Potter and they still listen to this show, they know what's happening. So sorry. Yeah, I, um, I got confirmation actually yesterday. Uh, the Nerd to Know Media will be doing a Harry Potter themed panel at uh, this uh, March's Dublin Comic Con and I picked that topic specifically because I knew Dara wasn't going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the way the children will play. <laughs> evil man has left. Let's play the forbidden music. <laughs> I heard that. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god how long is it until the next Fantastic Beasts anyway I know they've made like five oh. of them haven't they did they not like they're end contracted after... for five I oh, don't god. know I think it's still in production I think Crimes of Grindelwald may very well have put a bag on it mm. I think the critical reception yeah. they have actually canned it for some rewrites but you know what they should do though and to be fair that uh, the cursed child just mm. make that that's actually not awful yeah, I like the Cursed Child. I remember oh, yeah, the no, frenzy set in the books. Like, I mean, you were there for that, Kev, right? Oh God, yeah. No, I think they they lost a beat just selling a screenplay. That's not a compelling thing to read. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but now, the actual I story did... itself is pretty decent. Like. Oh yeah, no, the interesting like the time, like some time play mechanics. Um, mm. There is some absolutely bonkers stuff that happens throughout that play. I got like I I got a chance to see it myself. Like, there's a whole section where they're on top of the ho- the moving Hogwarts Express and the trolley lady stands up by her as well, and her fingers just start extending. <laughs> but see... It's nuts. But see, that's what I love. I'm like, man, that's rad. You know, that's cool. You know, and it's just the fact that Harry Potter gets taken to task, and it sounds like, hey, man, you're actually a doucher. You know, it's cool. You can't spell Radcliffe there, Rad. No, you can't. Also, it really, like... That movie has that that play brings up the implications that around the whole latter half of the book series, that Bellatrix Lestrange looks at Voldemort and is like, "I'm gonna hit that," <laughs> <laughs> and that's like that's something I don't want. What was? And it's the same. And you know what? That's Rise of Skywalker has the same problem. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, that makes more sense. Like you're thinking Palpatine he's like, Yeah, I've some time. Let's go. And at do least it. at least Voldemort has a bit of swagger though. As men snakes go, he's pretty charming. Like with but Palpatine though, you're like, Well, what else are you gonna do when you're you know, you yeah. you're, you're the emperor exactly, yeah, do it. Right? Do, do, yeah, do, do, it. Do, it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Screw it. Do it. No, I love what I do what I do like in Rise of Skywalker is the fact that they're so self aware of the memes and he actually says that at one point and you're like, Oh man. Um, 
Oh, see, I had the opposite effect. I, I mean, I was already pretty checked out, but when he said that, I was like, ah, oh, you're not, this isn't even a story anymore. This is like, this is a conversation with the fans that I'm not in on. But, dude, that's what the whole sequel series was. It was like, hey, I know you guys don't like the prequels, but we're cool too, right? Let's remake the movies that have no point for making the movies. And then when he oh, goes... Oh, Stevie has so many thoughts. I mean, I know this show will be going out after we've done the panel at Shurikon, mm. but, uh, yeah, she's raring to go to hop up and talk about Star Wars. Well, she's my, she's my champion, because I can't... Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was going to say... Champion. I, knowing Stevie as I do, if she hops in your chair, it's like you'll be there. It'll well, be it. the same rage. That's why I'm like, she's, you know, uh, was it WrestleMania? Brin, help me. WrestleMania 23, <laughs> was it? 25? Hmm. Oh, the, oh, you're not talking about the Battle of the Billions. Oh, I am, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 23. So, <laughs> oh, thanks, Kev. So, yeah, 23, where uh, Trump had uh, his... Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. Yeah, so it's like, there you go. I'm kind of aping that and, 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 and oh selecting DV as my champion for this. Yeah. Hey, yo, Kian, you got any of that? Kev, I hosted a panel on them talking about it. I've, I have mastered the art of, art of smiling and nodding. <laughs> like, I've, I've watched a bunch of WrestleManias. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I think I tried to watch it once, and the loser had to like lick the winner's foot while he sat on a throne or something like that. And I was like, you know what? This is just slightly beyond me. I'm gonna Kane, switch back I, over to Yu-Gi-Oh and Kane, live I, my I, life. I think you're watching something else there, man. Yeah, uh, could be, could be. <laughs> that, that, that I think never... WWE means what it think you mean there. <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you all play conjecture with that. Exactly. Um, no, my, my oh god, it's gonna. Of... Yeah. There you go. Fondest memory watching a wrestling match was a Royal Rumble just some years ago. Don't ask me who won. But we uh, we decided to play a uh, we decided like you know put a put a bet in uh, where you know lucky dip you choose like one of the fifty numbers fifty or twenty twenty um one year was forty most of the years it's thirty yeah I was like I think forty I think it was forty so okay. one like you know pick a number between one and forty that number is your wrestler like last man standing out of any who we picked yeah um I got the Godfather. <laughs> So when like number twenty-seven, this man walks out with two women on his arms in a big furry coat, just swaggers his way down the stage, slowly crawls in, immediately gets thrown out. <laughs> I was like, well, that's, there's my five quid down the drain. <laughs> but it was entertaining to watch it go. Oh, Did the two women catch him at least? No, they they'd left by that point. <laughs> Uh, and the, termino- uh, the terminology, Kev, that you missed is those women are called hoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, two congratulations. One on making it past, I'm assuming we're past the watershed. Yes. And two on the latest that Star Wars has ever come up in one of our episodes. Congrats all around. Well done. Well done, team. We did it. <laughs> this is a pro day. <laughs> oh man the glorious day for this podcast That's and of it. course the world the world <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh my god but yeah no this is Star Wars has been thrown up anyway I mean at least you could say 7 and 8 were like sort of 
meta commentary or even discussions of the original films. None of that is in Rise of Skywalker. I know Stevie loves it because it's like a film version of an apology, but I couldn't get around it at all. Seven was a meta commentary. Others would say it's just the same. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, that's that's the that's, Abrams way. That's the, what I would say is like episode seven. Is, like some might say it's meta comedy, meta commentary. I would say it's the most expensive fan film ever made. So you know, we'll just agree to disagree on that one. I would say that there's that there's people in jail right now for less, and that war crime, that things called war crimes, were less offensive than what J.J. Abrams did. Um. You know, it's. it's now living this far removed from the beginning of Lost, I'd seeing where J.J. Abrams is now and seeing where Damon Lindelof is now. I think we know what went wrong with that series. <laughs> yeah. Because I've seen point. the new Watchmen show, and that's great. Yeah. That's oh, I, I just discovered Watchmen isn't on Amazon Prime. It's on HBO. I got the wrong bloody stream service to watch it. No, I think it's, I think it's not on Amazon. It must not be on Amazon here. Yeah. Oh, okay. You have to get um. You can hear the only way to watch it legally is with Sky uh, Atlantic. Yeah, it's uh, on. Uh, you can stream it with uh, Now TV, I believe. Um, I knew this was going to happen. I avoided getting a streaming service for so long, and now that I've got one, I have to get another one. Like yeah. you see, okay. Well, the only one you need crime, nowadays so. is when the only one you need nowadays is Netflix because Ghibli movies. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you see, Keen, there's a, theoretically, educationally, yeah, you know, theoretically out there, mm. there are f- fictitious programs and fictitious sites where, if one were so inclined, they could go and procure and test their network strength. Exactly. At, uh, <laughs> exactly. Acquiring such a exactly uh, acquiring such a media from people who want to. Um, Disseminate. Share. As a completely unrelated note, have you heard of a VPN that protects your data software? That also works. And we're also open for sponsorship if uh, NordVPN want to (laughs) (laughs) to buy it. We'll also take, what's it, Raid Shadow Legend? Is that one? (laughs) (laughs) What's that other kids playing nowadays? Fortnite? We'll take Fortnite. We'll take Fortnite. Um, No, we won't take Fortnite because I can't play that game. I don't (laughs) understand. I have a team of children ready to help you. (laughs) <laughs> they charge by the hour I will <laughs> warn you <laughs> what's it that panel where it's just the, the, the three or four of us playing Fortnite needs to happen too a thousand children <laughs> on a thousand typewriters making a single character for Dara <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get past the main menu okay one of them will write Shakespeare <laughs> I've, I've, I'm, because like my kids are fairly clever. Like I'm seeing this operation where it's like you're Darth Vader walking along this Star Destroyer, and they're all in these computers trying to make it work for you. Sir, sir, I've logged in. I've logged in. Good. <laughs> Good. Do not fail me again. How long, how long are we waiting in the? In the why, why is my character not a bright green? <laughs> you're in command now, Admiral Smallchild. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I am not naming the school I work in <laughs> Yeah, probably for the best <laughs> Just, You know, blanket term Don't name schools <laughs> You wanna get doxxed? That's how you get doxxed <laughs> Oh man Oh my god And by the way, Dara At this point, you have had so many theoretical segments on this show that we need to have like a little like theme song or a jingle that comes on 
theoretical. Every time we do that, <laughs> uh, that can that can happen. That can happen. Just if we warp a John Williams theme, then that'll be the Star Wars segment. <laughs> <laughs> no, because no, because no. If that happens, that means it, that's how the show will just start, and then it goes off the rails. Yeah. There was one. There was one week where we just had it, had like a proper plan, and Star Wars was brought up way too early, and the show just went into like literally the first thing you did as a reference point was talk about Star Wars, and then <laughs> there it was just, like, <laughs> it was just game over from that point. Um, I I run the Facebook page for this. The amount of times I've had to go to the th- same three Star Wars pictures to promote it because a show is derails into a Star Wars conversation. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we did pretty well this week. We didn't derail it at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there's people listening at home, just on the radio, who will never hear this and never knew that you talked about Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I, I if I may derail from Star Wars, if I'm not mistaken, guys, uh, this video might will be uploaded on Valentine's Day? Question mark. Oh, maybe on Friday. I could, I, I could upload it on Friday if people want. Yeah. Uh, so. Sonic. Have any of you been watching any romantic movies recently? Sonic. Media. It's going to happen. <laughs> the most romantic film of all time. <laughs> of all time. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if we're going by Sonic 06, then yeah, he gets around. Uh, romance <laughs> happens. <laughs> Pickups are no good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Or, or that I, one scene in Shadow of the Hedgehog where the president looks at the picture of Shadow and Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that's in that movie. There's also uh, Sonic and Amy. That's that's one as well. And... No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. It's confusing. It's uh, that's a one-sided relationship. I am pre. I'm not gonna lie though. I'm like super excited about that movie. Like way more than I should be as an adult. Really super. Yeah. Really? Man, I have the day off. I have the day off, and that's what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to go see Sonic, and if it's not good... It's going to be fun. I'm going to say, I, I, I mean, I don't hate it, but I'm more excited for your day off than I am for Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't know, man. Like, I wasn't until, until like, recently, and I was just like, oh, yeah, man, this is going to be great. You know, even if it's not... I'll probably go see what's now known as Harley Quinn Birds of Prey because I want to see that. Yeah, Eaten, whether it's good or bad, I want to see what's going on. Halfway decent. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Apparently, it's good, but it's doing pretty terribly. So they've actually renamed it now to Harley Quinn Birds of Prey instead of uh, Birds of Prey and the really long name. Uh, oh, I love that title. I'm good so to hear what, that. Yeah, well, that you can thank DC for freaking out and going, "Oh my God, this is doing worse than Jonah Hex." <laughs> it's hardly surprising when they feckin' tanked their uh, when they tanked the audience. Like it's not it's not the it's not the film's fault for doing poorly. Like what what do you mean tank the audience? What do you mean? I mean the, the, when you look at how ma- like how many poor films they've brought out for. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, okay. they've, they've squandered any level of goodwill that they might have had. Yeah, I yeah. mean like. It doesn't. It doesn't matter that like Justice League was okay. It doesn't matter that Wonder Woman was good. It doesn't matter that uh, Aquaman was solid. People are just like, eh. like that's. I think Aquaman probably suffered the same fate, but yep. maybe got away with Jason Momoa. Yeah, <laughs> that film did well. That got like a billion dollars or something like yeah. that. That movie For was a... what? That movie was way better than it had any right to be. I was in the cinema. Yeah. Going, Why is this movie so good? This movie should have been terrible. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it should have it, it should have been at least as bad as uh, the Green Lantern film. And some I think it somehow it just turned out to be okay. I still say still would say it has like some pretty significant flaws, but you know, I mean for like for a an Aquaman film. In the grand scheme of things, like when you compare it to Justice League and 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 like Suicide Squad. Yeah. Well I mean like Justice I again I have no problem with Justice League. I think it's just a very I think it just comes out a bit too bland, but it's the best depiction of Superman that they've that they've uh, done since they did Man of Steel, so I can't hate it. You know, because um, like Man of Steel is just I, depression. I think it's, it, yeah, you know, yeah. Unfor- unfor- <laughs> it's like, just I mean, depression. It's just <laughs> depression. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Like, like I have a, like I have like a, I have a, I have a, spe- a, spe- a specific folder on one of my hard, dri- of one of my external hard drives, which is uh, basically for, uh, for movies that I, like, I will put on when I'm in a specific mood, but I don't know why. I have a. If I'm in a bad mood and I don't know why, I watch Transformers three because within ten seconds of watching that film, I know why I'm in a bad mood. Because you're watching bad, Transformers three. Yeah, but if I'm feeling down and I don't really know why, I put on Man of Steel and then I really do know why. Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> that film hurts. <laughs> it's, it was actually really surreal watching the boys on Amazon yeah. uh, after Man of Steel and kind of going, oh. That's what it was trying to do. Okay. Yeah. I suppose maybe more about Man v Superman, but yeah, I get. I kind of. Oh, yeah. there's a parallel universe where those movies turned out good. Yeah, I, I, I think it's one of the things that drives me crazy about it is that like those films come like they're kind of they've got kind of like an Icarus problem where they get so they fly just a bit too close to the sun, and it just falls to the ground because mm. like they're so close to getting the characters spot on pin perfect uh, pitch perfect right and it just just go just just goes a bit too far past that and it just starts until to they until they show it to one wrong focus group and suddenly they have to reshoot half the film yeah, yeah. And, you know again it's i mean even with like batman versus superman i felt like I've, like as much as i really enjoyed the uh the first uh the first bit the first act where like you get to see bruce do all of his uh detective work and i really enjoy that but that stuff has almost no contribution to what that film is actually about and it would have it would have served it a lot better if it was like if they did as like a viral marketing series than if they did it the way they did well i mean like think about poor amy adams in batman versus superman she has a third of the film which is a subplot following bullets and things and the ultimate conclusion she comes to is that lex Luthor did it yeah we know that was a third of a two and a half hour movie, and she just yeah. like we learned nothing. Also, not the worst plot point in the film. No, I thought I thought the mason jar of urine was <laughs> was, was where the wheels kind of fell off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the wheels fell off, and then the chassis came completely unglued <laughs> at the line of Martha's my mother's name. And the, I'm yeah. sorry, I sorry, I think you're missing a point here of the exploding mason jar full of urine. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's not forget that. How silly of me. <laughs> so wait, the double dream sequence back to back, where Batman is in the apocalypse and wakes up into a dream, where the Flash also arrives into a dream and then wakes up again. It didn't lose you then. No, that was fine. <laughs> It was fine. All right, all right. The, the bar is lowered. Everyone, we've lowered the bar. Yeah. There's there's too many fish. It's just it's just a bunch of dead fish in a barrel. 
But see, here's the thing, though, right? I think <laughs> I still don't hate Justice League at all, right? I didn't hate Man of Steel, right? I just was like, oh, that's kind of disappointing. The movie that really like made me just rage uncontrollably, believe it or not, was Suicide Squad. And here's why: I was in the cinema, and I opened the night, and I saw it, and I enjoyed it. And I was like, that was pretty good. And then I went home, and then I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> And I got more angry as I was like, I was like, wait. That's a J.J. Abrams reaction. I don't, he didn't I remember, even direct it. I was like, wait. I remember, ha- see, I remember Darry, I remember seeing you. And I, we both seen uh, uh, Suicide Squad around the same time. And I was going like, oh, what, did you see it? And you were like, yeah, I just saw it. It was really good. And I went, yeah, give it time. <laughs> yeah, it, it has that insidious creep where you're like, wait a minute. Half an hour of that movie was yeah. the same thing twice. And, and you, just, you just get more and more upset from pulling there. pulling on that thread and you just go like, there's actually just nothing holding this film together. Like, no. <laughs> it, just tri- it just tricks you. It's like, look at all the shiny things. Look at it. There is, yeah. there is, there is very, there's a few movies like that where just one thing sets you off and then suddenly you're just covered in this yarn of just anger and resentment. Yeah. <laughs> I think and the last Pirates movie did that to me. Yeah. Oh man, that movie was. Oh, you actually stayed and watched the Pirates movie. I didn't know that. Oh man, that movie was so dumb. <laughs> it was terrible. It was Paul terrible. McCartney at least good in it? No, no one was good like, in it. Everybody nothing. got. It, 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 nothing was saved. It was no. just. <laughs> Truly, like, not even. Oh, what's his name? Barbosa. Oh, like, Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, Jeffrey Rush. They even ruined Jeffrey Rush. Like, he. He, he, he phoned it in. Oh, but he never phones it in. He's like a proper obsessive actor. What did they do to him? Pirate. Yeah. The worst things. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Like that. Because, no. Okay. I'm not making. I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not falling in this rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, came here, I came here as a guest. I'm not going to do this. Well, this and you don't get thing. to leave. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> There's a whole thing where the names are escaping me because I don't care about this movie. But like the lead female actress, they tried. They obviously tried to write her very intelligent, except they just kind of made her really snooty. But to make her more intelligent, they dumbed everyone else down. Ah, uh, yeah, that's classic. To like just the IQ of an anteater. Like it's. Just there is like people like will say things, and the rest of the male like cast will have just like this slack jawed look, <laughs> except for Johnny Depp, who's coked out of his mind. <laughs> well, to be fair, after what happened to him, I don't blame him. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> but, <laughs> listen, I'm not know. getting into that, I'm not touching that beat like hive of bees. No, now we know why. I've <laughs> never heard that phrase before. Now we know why. You know, it's like, oh, there you go. That's why yeah. you were. That's why so, you were doing what you were doing. You got a pass, but, <laughs> but yeah, like that's so like him. His performance is like a minor issue in that. That yeah. movie is an absolute train wreck. From was Javier Bardem at least good? No, no, no. Everybody, no. Everybody, everybody comes out of that movie worse. Like if he had it just sat there and like pooed on the film, it would have been better than what it would have, been better. It would have smelled better. Uh, yeah, exactly. I just remember walking out going. 40. 
<laughs> like my question would be like okay one there was no real reason for that movie to exist other than money but mm. is there anything they could have done to make that movie good I don't think that exists no like there's no plot point in that movie that was worth salvaging they uh, could have left it longer before rebooting it I think that's the only thing they could have done I think they could have just fully rebooted it at this point yeah even though like, except you know the big problem there is you gotta have Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow because nobody's gonna see it otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, and, no, and you like know what? This... He's and he's broke now apparently, so oh. he he needs the money. So it's just like you know, you don't. No one wants to see homeless Johnny Depp. Really? Yeah, uh, Tim Tim Burton not Tim Burton not got nothing for him now. <laughs> <laughs> What is Tim Burton doing now? Was, was his last thing the was the last thing the school for gifted children or whatever it was? Does that the last no. thing he did? No, no. We actually we had this conversation the other day, Kian. His last thing was Dumbo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's oh, right. God. I, I, Dumbo came out the week of the of Primrose being born. That's why I missed it. Like, oh, I did not know it was a Tim Burton thing. No, it was like, yeah, I I didn't see it, but I saw the the advertisement for it, and I'm like. This movie looks really depressing and horrible. And that's saying something because Dumbo is very horrible and depressing. And you're just like, ooh, I don't want to see Burton this. movie. Yeah, it's like, you know, just go back to being, you know, good Tim Burton where, you know, you made That's Ed a shame Wood because, like, I noticed in the cast that all of his, like, early Tim Burton friends are there, like Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but they're making a movie about Dumbo, dude. You know, where. where... Just, I am baffled. Like, I have not seen it. I, do, I nor do I want to because the more I hear about that movie, the more I'm just confused. <laughs> well, I mean, if you've seen the original Dumbo, which I have recently, actually, like it's there's so little in it because it's the third Disney movie they made back when an animated feature wasn't a movie. It was a chance to do weird, trippy visual things like the elephants mm-hmm. on parade and all that kind of stuff. It's not a story, really. So you no. can't pluck a story onto it especially when you take out the crows which I'm assuming they did yeah, yeah they did. Like, the, the crows actually play like a massive part in that movie in yeah that movie. they're like, like they're like integral they're like, one of the very few integral characters in the narrative actually well, well they actually like play that part of like traditional um, traditional chorus Greek chorus yeah like, yeah, yeah you know and it's just like once you took those out I'm like but I think what they did is actually they replaced that with actual human characters, which okay. don't make any sense. So it's just like, okay. 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 And also, know, Dumbo, Dumbo doesn't talk human. as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, one, day, one day these Disney movies will still run out. Not Disney in general, but like, I mean, the live action remakes. They have I to. I don't think eventually. so. Because no, no? what, what they'll do is eventually they'll get it to a cycle where everybody forgot about the originals and then and they'll suddenly, start again. Here's a new Cinderella. Exactly. Here's ah. a new Cinderella, though. The Cinderella so, one wasn't bad, actually, to be fair. Yeah. So, um, so like, I'm trying to think about the, the classic ones they haven't done at this point. It's like um, Pinocchio, Sleeping Beauty. They've done Snow White. Did they? Um, I don't know if that counts. No, the oh, no. Snow White, they weren't Disney ones. No, because oh, Snow White is no, Snow White's a fairy tale character. She's a free public domain, public. like. Yeah, she's public um, domain, basically. Yeah. So, like, yeah, there's the. So, yeah, there's like. So, like, it's like Snow White, Sleeping Beauty. Then... I, just got, I, just got, I just got really sad. Because <laughs> I just realized that there is a Beauty and the Beast one. And yeah. I'm really sad by that because I'm like, I love Beauty and the Beast. Uh, this is like, oh, they ruined it. They ruined it really badly. 
Yeah, well, they I, didn't ruin it as badly as they did Aladdin. So, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, that's fair. But see, I, I, I no, I, I've geez. absolutely. I think I've just checked out of them now. I have no interest in Mulan, and I don't think. See, hold I on, think, hold on, Kevin. On that point, right? Mulan. Right? The best thing about Mulan is the songs, and they got rid of the songs. It's like, yeah, no, it's come, like what are you they're doing? diluting it down. I, I like the only one that they can announce that will draw me back in is Hercules. Not because I'm hoping for a good movie here. There is no way they can salvage Her- Hercules and make it a live-action movie. That movie can only be a train wreck. And no, I'm all in. Again, right? The best part... Hercules, but that would be so... so like, It would be just like a recipe for disaster as a live-action piece. But again, right? Original Hercules? Because that's just... That's just... That's, that, you know, as it is, it's a tragedy. <laughs> but, yeah, a Greek tragedy. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but um, as like, like as a movie, right? Again, the best part about that is the songs, yeah. and they're going to probably cut the songs. So it's like, what is even the point here? You know, <laughs> what are you achieving? You're just making bad versions of good to ba- to semi decent movies. I just don't understand it. Other than money, because obviously they want money. Yeah, but- no, it's money. Uh, it's 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 totally like to keep the copyright in in. Uh, to keep to like hold on to the copyright. Mm. That's just. Well, really I mean, sad. even still, like a lot of those film, a lot of those stories are very much in public domain to a certain degree. Like, I, I, I think, I mean, when it comes to, I think, like Emperor's New Groove is like one of the only stories they've done where it's actually like, like it's like it's kind of like a Moana thing where it's like based off of like the uh, off of ethnic culture, but it's not actually based off of any myth or legend. Mm. Like Hercules, they have a much harder time of going. Oh no! Well, we we own that. <laughs> and same with like we, like, own, we own that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so and like even like the Jungle Book as well is like mm. there's no way that they can do that for copyright. Yeah. You try, you try and explain that to Rudyard to the estate of Rudyard Kipling. <laughs> <laughs> the book Jungle. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, like just yodify every single passage. <laughs> The Beast Beauty. <laughs> Lads, I can hear Prim kicking off. Do you mind if uh, I sign off here? Yeah, go for uh, it. You guys, you guys, by all means, keep going. I'll check in with you later. But uh, thanks very much, guys. Kev, are you having fun, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is great. <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll, so I'll see you guys later. Dara, send me on the link when you're done, all right? Will do. See you, Kane. All right. See you now. Oh, Take care, Zalman. And on that point, I think we'll wrap it up. Uh, yeah, I think for the up. best, yeah. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Have you got any? Thanks for plug? having me, lads. This has been a blast. No worries. Have you got anything you want to plug before we, we say goodbye? No, I'm just a dude. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just I'm, I just live here. Like that's <laughs> fair. Brandon, anything you want? You got a plug? Uh, no, I have nothing to plug, unfortunately. So, uh, except for the uh, big uh, the big con that we have for this uh, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, sure. Sunday, 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 <laughs> Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> At uh, Shirakan, I believe our time is still two p.m. on Sunday in the panel room. Yeah, um, the Black the- Box Theater. Yeah, Black, Black Box, Box Theater. Theater at 2 p.m. You guys are going to be there talking about Star Wars. And yeah, it'll like be this. our post-mortem slash uh, group therapy session on uh, Star Wars. <laughs> and um, yeah, please come along. It's a safe space to talk about Star Wars and the pain it's caused us recently. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll all come out of it feeling a bit better, I hope. Um, but yeah, that's like my main plug for this week. Awesome. Um, my plug is just going to be our website, Nerd to Know Media. 
com. you go there you have to check out all our links to everything let us know what you thought about the show subscribe to the show spotify itunes all that kind of good stuff and also um don't forget to check out our other show on loads of shows actually were on the feed so new straight out canto interview that keen did with the the folks over in shurikan so if you're not subscribed do and uh, from everybody on the team we'll see you next week bye bye Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.